Welcome to this episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. A different episode than most of you are probably used to, and there's certainly going to be a different accent than you're used to hearing, and that's none other than Jonathan McCready from GateDrop.com. It's an Irish publication that uh, is done part-time by Jonathan and a few of his mates on the other side of the pond, and I wanted to get an opportunity to get a, a fresh perspective on uh, some of the uh, the different OEMs, now that we have seven of them competing in uh, Monster Energy Supercross, who is going to be the number one guy from each one of those manufacturers? And uh, in a way, you could kind of see this as a, a bit of a uh, season preview for Supercross, who's going to be the number one guy from each one. But um, when we get to talk about that, uh, I, I think you'd probably be uh, hard-pressed not to in, in the 45 minutes that we chatted, but uh, neither here nor there. Um, I wanted to, to do this, uh, to, uh, give an opportunity to Jonathan to come on. I think it, I had a lot of fun doing it. I'll definitely have him on again, unless you guys email and tell me not to, because, uh, I, I think I had an awesome time chatting with him. He's a very informed guy, uh, very dedicated fan who, uh, follows the sport extremely closely and he had some really unique perspective. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, uh, hit me up in on Instagram if you're interested in uh, entering the Pulp MX Fantasy League that I've started, the Big MX Radio Official League. Um, but uh, yeah, check that out. And uh, without further ado, let's move it on over to the interview that I did with none other than Jonathan McCready. And now joining us on the line from Gate Drop MX, this is an exclusive interview and uh, all the way across the pond, really interesting guy to talk to, uh, we had to spend a lot of time talking off air, but let's actually record something with this guy, uh, Jonathan McCready, Jonathan, how's it going? Not too bad, how are you Brad? I'm not doing too bad whatsoever, my friend. Thank you for joining me. And uh, before we dive into to a little bit of uh, bench racing about what we expect about the 2021 Supercross Championship in the 450 class, uh, give me a little bit of uh, a backstory on uh, uh, Gate Drop MX. Where the heck am I calling to right now? And uh, what's your story? You are calling Northern Ireland, cold and wet Northern Ireland. We've been, me and another guy on the McKinstry have been doing the site for the last five years this will be year six now so we basically keep an eye on everything that's going on from u.s racing to british racing to world championship mxgp racing a little bit of irish racing um various european national championships so we try to cover everything get to races ourselves british championships gps when we can so we're trying to keep a keep an overview of everything that's going on globally within the sport as well as cover our, our local area and America is obviously a big a big part something that I've always grown up watching and, and have a, had a big interest in over the last 30 years so it's always Anaheim's always which we used to be Anaheim but the first round of the season was always always nearly more exciting than Christmas for me anyway absolutely and then like with with christmas you knew that supercross is coming that much closer like it was almost like yeah. an aforementioned christmas morning you're like yeah it's two weeks away at most and uh now we're knocking on the door it's monday before the first race uh we're setting up how we're gonna watch the race uh if, if things aren't on full lockdown we're seeing who we're gonna watch the race with um and, and that's that's got to be a, a a tradition that maybe this year is a little bit different for you yeah, we were different. You have the week delay as well. With the uh, been delayed a week for for Houston, so usually you would get Christmas, and then you you kind of on the countdown of what 
date in January the first round's going to be. Hoping it was closer to the start of January than the than the end of the first week. But this week or this year, we've you've that extra week, so suppose it does build hype a wee bit. But with the with the COVID and everything, it's it's definitely a wee bit different with three three races in within a week. So the guys don't have much time to bed in. Really, they have to be firing from the from the from the get go. I think this year. I totally agree. I, I said it yesterday on Twitter that after the first eight days, we're going to have three rounds and somebody with a factory ride is going to be absolutely seething about how their season started. Um, there's not a lot of time for bike changes. There's not a lot of time to chase your tail and, and, and get the bike dialed in. Or if you happen to tweak an ankle, tweak a wrist, have a practice crash, uh, or just like not a lot of good momentum to start the season that could be absolutely detrimental to, uh, to 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 one of the guys we're about to talk about. This is going to be a season like no other. I know you're excited to watch it. Absolutely, yeah. We're getting all set here. We, we'll have the, the video pass going, so we shouldn't shouldn't miss any of it. Sometimes you're having to stay up through, through the night to watch it, but with the video pass now, hopefully we can maybe get some sleep. But before before the Sunday morning watch, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But definitely it should be... Uh, it's, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on, on all the riders this year. So with the, with the formats, no mistakes and everybody trying to exert their authority early. So it should, should be very, very good. Totally agree. I, I'm spoiled. I'm on the central time zone. So the, okay. the races never really start too, too late for me. Nine o'clock is the latest if it's on the east, on the yeah. west coast. And then uh, it's a nice early six o'clock start if it's on the east. So I'm spoiled. What uh, time does the gate usually yeah. drop for you? Um, if it's California, probably not start until about two or three in the morning, the main races. But if, if we'd watch the practice, you're usually kind of into it. And you maybe try and grab an hour's sleep in between. Uh, the main event maybe wouldn't be going until about five, six in the morning <laughs> for A1. Yeah, usually, it's a so four-hour it broadcast a, usually be, for A1. That's kind of yeah, like when I was when, when RV first went over for the GPs, I was staying up till like... 6 a.m. and I still do sometimes yeah. to watch some of the the European GPS and I'm like, like it's mid afternoon and and I'm I'm watching I'm I'm watching the sunrise while watching uh, Tim Geiser rip off another championship. Yeah, it can be hard. It's okay as a one off, but they do it sort of week after week after week with the new apps and stuff now and the MXGP video series as well. It's uh, it's a wee bit easier. You don't have to do it necessarily as live you just have to try and avoid the results then if you're if you're watching the lead which can be a problem yeah you you just have to yeah keep away from the notifications on the phone or, or don't yeah. don't open instagram and just like the first thing i see eli tomac wins again like really come on but yeah, um something will flash up on your phone you haven't even looked into it exactly no some, you, you some app. completely yeah. by accident comp- ruin the the whole race for yourself well i'm glad you're going to be able to watch it i'm looking forward to doing that myself <laughs> But when we watch it, we're going to see one of the deepest 450 classes that I've ever seen that I can account for. If you're I'm looking at the first round uh, lineups from many years, people talk about 2005. Like it, There was a ton of uh, talent there, and there certainly was. Uh, late 80s, there certainly was as well in the 90s, even though uh, McGrath usually laid waste to everybody. But this season, yeah. this season seems to have not just one, but multiple guys on every single OEM uh, who, who are really going to pack a punch and bring some serious noise to every single race. And that's going to that's gonna create a problem because there's there's 
six OEMs, and and each each guy if each uh, if each team has at least two guys, that means someone's got to get twelfth, and someone's going to be pissed with twelfth. Um, yeah. No, no one's going to be happy with. Not be happy either. Yeah, exactly. And 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 yeah. even if you're somewhere in the middle of that, you're you're not happy either. The the. Um, like if you just line if it if it somehow worked out that every OEM was just uh, one by one from first to sixth, whoever's in sixth, if Justin Barcher <clears throat> leaves uh, leaves Houston one, well, I guess he wouldn't really leave. He's he's gonna go back to his hotel room uh, in sixth spot. Like that's a that's a big uh, that's a tough pill to swallow, uh, especially after winning the last two. So maybe let's start there. If we're gonna talk about each OEM and who's sending or who who is their top guy, kind of easy to pick that for gas gas. Yeah, it is in that respect. But again, with Barsha being the only guy there, he has a lot of pressure. It's the first year in the states with that brand and. From speaking to Pit Barra and obviously Tyler Keefe at TLD and everybody that's putting in an extreme amount of effort, Barsha by all accounts is on big money. So it's all it's all on his shoulders, really. It's and now it's whether he can he can deliver on that. But by all accounts, he's looking looking good on the bike, feeling good on the bike. So I do expect him to be up there and hopefully more consistent than he than he was on the Yamaha because he obviously won the first round last year. But fell away, depend on the, on the different tracks he was on. So this year, I think he will be consistently up there if he gets the starts. But can he handle the pressure of representing the brand essentially on his own in the Premier class? Totally agree. I think I think he, he's he's got a lot of pressure on him. I think he's going to have to rise <clears> to the occasion, which is something that obviously he has been known for showing up first oh. race, all kinds of jitters, and, and uh, it's it's been more than once. That uh, that Justin has a standout ride. Um, yeah. I'm anxious to see whether or not uh, he's able to, to to catch fire again on that first round, and then be able to if if he can maybe turn that first first week success into like having a great th- first three races. That would set him up very well to being a uh, um, at least a consistent player throughout the, at least the beginning part of this championship. Yeah, he's always had those flashes, and he's mentioned that he feels he can do things on the on the gas gas that he couldn't on the Yamaha almost referred to what he used to be on Honda when he came in with uh, with all the hype and the flash so can he keep that speed but can he can he do it consistently I think it's his question mark I don't think anyone will be surprised if he comes out flying and races here or there and gets a start and he's battling for wins and podiums but as bad days can they be better I think that's the question mark for Barcia this year especially with the pressure of being the one guy for gas gas 100% i think he uh he he's he's got to eliminate those races where he's uh like eighth or eighth or worse like he he can't have multiple weekends like that because uh like you you stack two of those together and the the guys who are most consistent at the front they just eat up so many points and, and on a bad night um it can really um like with how much talent's in front of you, like uh, there can be a great distance of riders between uh, a bad night and, and, and who's at the front. That could be tens, maybe fifteen points at a time, uh, and that's detrimental to a championship. You, you you can't be giving up those types of points, and uh, those are the things that we've seen Justin fall victim to, and then he falls further back. Yeah, the other thing is the way he races the other riders. If 
if he, he can put somebody else down, but they can easily put him down because he doesn't always seem to have the best relationship with the other guys. If he True. does something to them that he maybe maybe doesn't even mean, but they might take it as this is Barsha being Barsha again, they could put him on the ground and that could be your 25 points down in the championship. So that's another thing he might have to rein in. Although if he is confident, does that mean he's going to be more aggressive because he thinks I can be the man now? So that that could be something interesting to watch as well. We saw what happened with Tomac last year when the, the shout match and the takeout. So again, that could be another another interesting issue for him. Wow, he's he's got the the whole the whole team behind him over at Gas Gas. They seem pretty excited after that uh, fictitious win at Anaheim one on Saturday. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, a lot, lots of reason to celebrate. Uh, it'll be an interesting. Uh, um, It'll be an interesting thing to see whether or not uh, um, they can they can make that happen and uh, and move forward. Let's stay on the uh, on the Austrian machines. Let's let's switch to more of a, a black and white motif. First of all, let's talk about those bikes. I for one, it, it's kind of a throwback to the, uh, the 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 Rockstar Suzukis when they did the kind of like the the gold in the in the the, the Rockstar Star. Um, I, 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 to me, it actually kind of more or less looks like a, a Husky from a couple of years ago or a, like or a Suzuki from a number of years ago rather than a new look. What, what was your take on that? Yeah, I've never thought of the Suzuki angle, but I think actually you're right whenever I think back to that. I, I quite like them. I think it's good to look a wee bit different than years past, I think. So yep. I guess, guess that's their major plan is to have something that grabs the attention and is a wee bit different to, to get the eyes on them so yeah I, I think they look good from what I've seen again once you see them in race action and the different gear the riders are going to use it's a little show it a wee bit more maybe maybe realistic but in the press releases and the photos and everything I think it all looks all looks pretty good so they got three guys over there Dean Wilson uh from uh, from across the pond, they've got who actually would probably he's been here since he's probably five years old, so it doesn't really count. Uh, but uh, um, Jason Anderson, former champion uh, and uh, the 2018 champion, and then you have Zach Osborne, who just won uh, the most recent Premier Class 450 title. Um, that's a lot of firepower. I'm asking you to choose one guy out of that. Who's going to be the the front runner of the team? Who's going to be the big dog under the tent on the white bikes? I think it comes down to Osborne and Anderson, but I agree. I think Osborne's hungrier. If, if you have to choose, this could always go completely wrong. But I think Osborne's hungrier because he hasn't won that Supercross title. He's coming off with momentum from outdoors and with his age, he has to deliver in the next year or two, probably for for his window to keep keep being open so I think with momentum desire I think if it comes down to one lap and he has it's all on this year I think Osborne wants it more but Anderson has talent he knows he's won a championship before so I think it could be close if Anderson gets the ball rolling of course he could be there but he seems to enjoy life whereas I think Osborne's not just there to enjoy it he's there to maximise his potential in the remaining year or two of his of his career however long he goes so for me Anderson might have the more natural supercross talent but Osborne really wants to make it happen this year I think so for me he would be the has the potential to be the main guy there I think Zach Osborne has a race face like no other I think he sees this opportunity to finish off a career that started wrong 
He's going to make sure that it doesn't end wrong. And I think he's hungry for two reasons. A, he's got one Supercross win, but he doesn't have a solid championship-level season under his belt. I think he wants that. I think he's also hungry because he works with Alvin Baker, and he's actually physically hungry and needs something to eat. Um, probably does. Yeah, but you know what? Like that program is tried, tested, and true. I think he buys into it fully, and uh, I think he knows his body. He's probably one of the the smartest trainers uh, in the paddock. Um, for for me, Osborne, it's all about his his mental, uh, his confidence, and whether he believes oh. that he is the guy to move forward and and have those uh, fast laps and get good starts. If he's in that headspace watch out if he doesn't have that confidence i do give the 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 edge to anderson because he just doesn't have any he doesn't have any fucks to give he's just like i don't i don't care i'm i'm fast i've always been fast i'm team fried um and i i I give jason a little bit of uh um sort of he's kind of like a a shark in the water this year because i see him sort of like a a jeff emig circa 1999 when he's like he won the one Supercross championship and then didn't yeah. win a race the year afterwards. Everyone's like, ah, he's one and done. He's no good, blah, blah, blah. And, and that really lit a fire under Jeff. But he unfortunately had the uh, the, the incident with, uh, with Kawasaki and then he busts both his arms coming back on the Yamaha. Um, yeah. Took him out of it. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Jason has the opportunity to maybe like kind of like maybe he does all the work that we don't he just we just doesn't show us all the work that he's doing and, and he's going to yeah, come out right. all, all all systems firing and uh and he's going to be like yeah you think I was one and done watch this that may be one side of the coin and I guess we'll see if it happens Yeah I think Osborne it could snowball and could snowball really good one way if he comes out really well or it could snowball really bad the other whereas Anderson He's maybe less pressure on himself, so he might be able to ride the highs and lows. Hundred percent, a wee bit better. But if it goes well for Zach initially, because I think he's putting the pressure on himself to to deliver this year with the momentum he has from last season. So if it goes well for him, I think he could be the guy there. But Anderson's always going to be lurking. I think I think we're we're in agreement on that. The white guys is uh, is led by the sixteen. Uh, what about the uh, the mothership? KTM, the one that we've we've known to, uh, and I think we're about the same age. So we uh, at one point KTM was a punchline. I think it meant Austrian for you're going to need a part. You're going to need some parts. But nowadays they're the gold standard and the and possibly the one of the most dominant race teams in the pits, especially over the last number of years. Unless you talk to Eli Tomac, um, and uh, they've they've got two guys under the hood. Uh, under the tent there, um, Marvin Muskan, who is uh, who is extremely talented. He's in the he's in the the final chapters of his his uh, his career. I think he wants to go out with a bang. Uh, I don't know that he has as much uh, aggression and and need to win championships as, as Cooper Webb. And I think that uh, the youth exuberance and uh, and a pissed off, fully healthy Cooper Webb. Uh, it's going to be able to uh, fly that orange flag uh, a little bit more aggressively, a little bit more uh, proudly. Because like Anderson, he's got something to prove. He, like No one's been able to back up that championship ever since Dungey did it uh-huh. a number of years ago. Um, and I think that uh, I think Coop wants his championship back. Yeah, I think Cooper at times, 
even when he's racing Marvin, when it comes down to making a move, it's Cooper that gets the job done. To me, he rides better under pressure when the comes down to one race or one moment within the race. Cooper seems to be able to produce, whereas Marvin, he's quite a nice guy, and sometimes the really nice guys can't produce under pressure, and Marvin, historically, has always been there. He's riding his talent. He's as good as Cooper, maybe even more talented on a Supercross track, but when those moments come to deliver, he's, I don't know whether he gets nervous or he doesn't have the, the arrogance that you need, but Cooper seems to deliver when it really matters. And I can't see that really changing this year, although Marvin's had a year out. Maybe that's helped his mentality or maybe the year out might have hurt him and he, he might drop a level, but I think he, I still think he will be in around there. But for me, Cooper's the, the title challenger. Marvin, I'm not sure this year, right? a year off I guess it depends how his knee is and how his momentum comes for these first two he could be a sleeper he could he could surprise everyone but I think KTM look at Cooper Webb as the number one rider and I can't see that changing this year I think Cooper's for me might actually be the guy, guy to win the whole championship this year I, I agree with you. I think if, if there's a power struggle on one particular team where where two guys can't really decide or even a guy on a team, he doesn't even see himself as the best guy under his own truck, I, I struggle to think that that, guy, that is the same guy who's going to be able to go to the line, look up and down the, the heavy hitters that are going to be there and, and pick himself as, uh, as, as going to be the most dominant guy on a day. Uh, and I don't think that there's any loss uh, of confidence in the world of, of uh, Cooper Webb, who uh, he was the the Wednesday wonder at the end of last year, uh, and that's after the back issues and all that stuff. Like he was winning yeah, races. He's always, he's always able to produce. Yeah, absolutely. Even if he's not as a the fastest, gamer. He's always there. Yeah, he's just he's brilliant at that. Not For huge, sure. especially in Supercross when you have a twenty minute race, you have to be able to deliver under that stress. And he's always able to do it even last year with a even outside chance at the championship he started to make it more probable despite the injury so for me he's the he's the guy to beat there I agree, and if he's not uh, going to be a uh, a title contender or a guy who's who has a uh, at the end at the very end of the season has a, a very good chance of winning the championship, he's still going to be the sharpest thorn in in the side of anybody yeah. who's got a serious chance at that thing. Uh, like it could be two races to go, he's sixty points down, and he's he's still gonna like drive a drive a guy inside on a corner or or win a Supercross, take a heat race to uh, win away from somebody. Uh, Cooper, he he's got an angst to him. He's he's a mean little guy. Uh, I, I mean little guy because he is no more than five eight. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be really uh, really interesting. So uh, I think we're in agreement. The it, when it comes to the Austrian brand, uh, the it's a kind of a three headed monster with Barsha, Osborne, and, and Webb uh, uh, leading the respective OEMs. Yeah, I think so. But the the thing about that, those three teams is, with the exception of the Barsha being on his own, the other guys, the team, the management have brought in essentially good backup. Yeah. So if something goes wrong, they have good guys that are all very similar. So it's almost a safe place for for the manufacturer, team manager's point of view, to have these guys coming through with the investment they've, they've put in. Oh, for sure. By gone are the days of uh, you got uh, your your top guy is Ricky Carmichael, and your next to top guy is John Dowd in the 
twilight of his career, not not exactly able to to put her on the podium. Like if Zach Osborne's out, Anderson can still win races. Uh, we've we've seen Dean Wilson get podiums. Moose Cannon's won races. Uh, there there is still a potential for that manufacturer to have some success. Let's switch our focus to the Jap bikes, and I like saying that because you're probably not allowed to say that, but it's a podcast. It's my podcast, so I can say that. The you the the Jap <laughs> the Japanese manufacturers leading the way with. Uh, let's start things off with last year's champ, the Green Machine. Um, he's got that brand new bell helmet, which I think kind of looks funny, uh, head to toe. Otherwise, in uh, in Alpine Stars, your 2020 Supercross champ. You had to wait two months uh, hiatus to uh, to get back in the saddle to uh, to win that championship. He had an absolutely dog shit summer where he did not look himself. Someone else was riding that motorcycle uh, all summer. Um, Eli Tomac comes comes back as uh, your your defending champion, but is he the strongest contender on the green machine? I think this is the most interesting dynamic of of all the teams because Tomac as we stand is the champion but yep. Cincerello is supposed to be the next guy and they're, they're virtually overlapping right now so Tomac had the championship in Supercross as you said he didn't he didn't perform like himself in the outdoors but I guess that's the exhale of the pressure of finally winning the Supercross championship and I, I think he had a baby as well so he had a lot going on there so question I have for Tomek is how bad does he want to defend it because Cincerello wants it really bad Cincerello beat him outdoors so not only is Tomek taking on Roxon and Webb and all these other guys he's fighting to be number one within his own team let alone number one in the championship and Cincerello showed his speed last year he's still prone to mistakes Tomek might have the edge if Tomek's on and on raw speed but to me, the gap's narrow, and Cincerello wants it bad. And I think this comes down to Tomac's motivation. Can he execute again? Does he want it bad enough now that he's won it? I think that's going to be very, very interesting to see because for me, there's only a percent or two difference, and that's just Tomac's experience right now because Cincerello wants it, and he's, he's no issue being the main guy. He likes the attention. He likes the media. Tomac seems a bit more quiet. He wants to do his own thing. So for Kawasaki, since he was the golden child, he's always been the golden child. And yep. I don't think they're going to be bothered if he becomes the main man. So Tomac's sort of trying to hold back the tide. But it'll be interesting to see if he can do it one more time. I, I think you're I think spot on with that. He still the edge, by, but, but it's going to be very close this year. And there could be a bit of tension at times. It wouldn't surprise me. Oh, Tomac by a nose, and I can see those guys butting heads for fastest lap in practice. I can see them uh, somehow in the same uh, heat race and, and 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 taking things away from each other. Um, like, and, and seriously, I think these these two might be uh, the like my 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 two strongest favorites for the championship. And I don't think I've ever been able to say that under one tent. The last time I can really think of that as being something that was uh, like a very real probability would have been uh, McGrath and, uh, and Stanton back in 1993 were basically the, the, yeah. the, 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 
the torch was passed from one to the other. Or I guess the rookie basically ripped it out of the hands of one Jeff Stanton. There wasn't yeah, a lot of... Was it Anaheim McGrath made that move and he said, even in his book, he felt like that was the moment yeah. where he, he became the man and Stanton was the past champion. Yeah. So outdoors was a wee bit perhaps a precursor to what could happen. If it doesn't happen this year, it could easily happen next year. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally it, agree. I think it's fascinating. I think it's going to come down to who's doing like who's doing better over the the first six races after the after the Houston and the Indy rounds. If if Tomac comes out with some of his uh, trademark bad first few rounds and things aren't going well and AC's got a couple of wins, I think you're going to see Eli like shoulders slump a little bit and he's going to have a hard time gaining ground on the guy who's under his under his own truck because i think that like one of the things that eli feeds off of is like i've got something in my bike or in my corner that nobody else has but that's not the case when it comes to a teammate and he's never had a teammate that really challenged him like that especially when he was with like josh grant was as in all of his skills was never a uh a, a, a race winning or even a podium uh threat yeah he wasn't a title guy really exactly so but with Cincerello EOP comes into the truck and he's won he's not afraid to show his emotions either no he's going to be so Tomac sitting there raging if he, even if he got a third or Cincerello next him on the last lap you know that's going to be tough for for Tomac to take especially because he'll be running the one, number one plate too so in his psyche he's the man but he's getting beat by this guy that's been groomed to be the man with Kawasaki so if, depending on that Cincerello, I think has to stay away from those wee mistakes and those injuries that he can do. But if he can, it's going to be very, very interesting to how the whole dynamic works with those two. I totally agree. Those those guys are uh, are poised to have um, a, a season like no other, um, and, and and we're we're anxiously awaiting that. Um, but Team Honda, let's let's go straight to the uh, the big red machine. We'll finish off with Team Yamaha. I think obvi- obviously Chase Sexton is he's rise to greatness. He's had two championship uh, Supercross seasons uh, after coming back from his uh, his knee surgery that he had in 2018. Uh, he's young, he's fast, he's got a monster logo on the side of his helmet now. Uh, but I think it's going to take at least one season of learning the ropes 450 it's a lot of racing it's a big motorcycle um i don't think he can't win races but i i think that he can win a race but he's gonna have to have one hell of a day for that and i don't see him as a title contender uh but i do see um ken roxon as somebody who could put in some serious rides and uh if if the stars align um like he he could be like I I think he, I put him in my top four. Yeah, Roxon. If you could put Roxon's raw talent with Chase Sexton's fitness right now, I think you might have the title favorite. But Roxon, you can't question his talent, but his his health after all those injuries and he, each season he seems to have health issues that take him out of, out of the title hunt. Like Salt Lake City last year, he was right there halfway through the year and then it fell away a wee bit and I don't know if he has an explanation for it or he has that sorted we don't know yet so riding ability he should be one of the favourites but it's hard to say he definitely will be able to 
contest all 17, 18 rounds at his full potential. Whereas Chase, I think his fitness and stuff is, he seems to be a very hard worker. He's good outdoors. He's proven himself outdoors in the 450. I don't know if he's the raw talent of Roxon, but I think he'll be consistent, hopefully. Hopefully he won't he'll just be able to stay away from injuries and progressively get better. But I don't see him knocking on the door of the big three, four, five title guys. But I think he could surprise. I feel like I'm maybe underrating him a wee bit, given how he performed outdoors. But Supercross... It's a different thing. You've all the guys back at the priority series for for everyone. I think it could be a bit of a bit of an adjustment, but he has James Stewart in his corner, so that might shorten the learning curve for him. It very well could. Like you, you know, he's going to bust out all the quads if that's the case. He's just going to jump everything, even <laughs> if it doesn't need today. to be jumped. Um, that's going to be out, out of control. Um, I do think. Chase is going to have a good season, but I think you're right in the fact that like now, if we like, if you look at, at how the depth of field during the outdoor nationals, there were some fast guys there, but um, there there was just a, a ton of guys missing. You didn't have Webb, you didn't have Roxon, Moosecan was was barely there for a lot of it. Uh, Jason Anderson not there for a lot of it, um, and, and and same thing with uh, and like. There's he's gonna have a, a ton of guys to deal with, including the Yamaha pilot, who I think is going to be uh, the 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 most dominant Yamaha rider under the tent. Even though they've got a three-headed monster over there, and he's a rookie in Dylan Ferrandis, who I think is gonna transition to the 450 very well. So um, when you combine all these guys, uh, and it, like, and Chase could be the fastest uh, Honda out there, and he still might be somewhere in the middle of the top ten. Yeah, I think for a guy like Saxon, starts are going to be crucial. I think if he can get away at top five, he can learn the pace, run the intensity. But if, if you start 10th, 15th, it'll be hard for him, harder for him to come through. Um, he just it's, he doesn't have the experience. but And he's never really been the dominant guy. He's been close and fighting. and He's never been like a Roxon or Tomac where they've just been blistering speed through their youth career. Like, Roxon was winning Grand Prix at 15 years old so Chase has never really done that he's always worked hard and got to the level he wants to get to eventually and I think that could be the same with, with Honda in the 450s in a year or two he could be he could be one, one of the guys yeah, I think we gotta like the, the jury's still out and we gotta, we gotta let uh, um, Chase uh, kind of like maybe age a little bit like he's like a fine wine expecting a championship out of him first season or, or or to be a contender first season I think is a bit unfair the only other guys that have really even done that and if you think about like guys transitioning into the uh, into Supercross and immediately having a huge impact on on that standpoint is guys like Dungey who for the most part um, he was beneficiary of a, a battle between uh, James Stewart and Chad Reed that just boiled over uh, yeah. RV breaking his leg and, and even think of like uh, James Stewart had a hard time switching uh, like to transitioning RV's first year he was fat and out of shape and he, he, he had a terrible <laughs> season uh, Ricky Carmichael never should have gone to a 252 stroke in, two, in 1999 that was a terrible year um, and he, we're talking about some of the most dominant 250 riders and 125 riders to ever do it. Um, and Chase Sexton 
didn't win an outdoor title on a 250 uh, 125 or 250 um so like like before we crown this kid obviously super fast and i'll probably eat my words at some point but uh i you know let him have a first first couple of seasons season and a half before i really expect him to uh um to be putting the boots to uh a list of uh of contenders that i don't think has ever been this deep yeah, well, he, he doesn't have the pressure, at least. Roxon's carrying all that, so at least those other guys were coming in expected. And maybe that was part of the part of the problem, Chase. I think if he gets seventh, that'll be seen as good. If he gets a fifth, that's very good. If he gets a podium, that's, he might disagree with that, but I think as Honda won't we'll see that as decent because I don't think he's there to to win yet. I think he's the next guy after Roxon. So I think Roxon, he has to perform. He's there, he's head to win. Whereas Chase is there to be essentially the backup guy and obviously put pressure on Roxon, but he's a wee bit of a project, I think, for Honda at the minute. Yeah, I think he's there to he's in he's a development program. Like you, yeah. you want you learn how to test on the motorcycle uh, in a pressure free environment, and if the kid wins races, hey, thumbs up, that's awesome. But that's not what's expected here. Um, and uh, yeah, like, like uh, to round out the, the all the OEMs, like uh, I don't know, like uh, if you feel the same way, but I, I think uh, out of the three guys over at Yamaha, uh, it's gotta be uh, it's gotta be Dylan Ferrandez. I think he's uh, he, even though he's a rookie in the 450 class, I think he's gonna be consistently faster and and um, and, and show more top end results than uh, than Malcolm Stewart. Or uh, Aaron Plessinger, who uh, I don't think I've ever seen a guy have less success after doing it two championships in a row in 250 class. Yeah, it hasn't gone well for, for Plessinger. Um, I think he's riding to save his career this year. So how that goes, I don't know. He's obviously got ability. You don't win what he has without ability. But it's a big year. Malcolm Stewart probably flashes, I presume, of speed. How is he adjusting to the new bike? We don't know, but Dylan, he was good on a 450 in France last, what was over over a year ago now in the winter time when he, he did one one race there in Paris. But so he's he's half proven there. We all know he's going to have the speed. This injury, I actually had him with almost a title contender or a sneaky underdog title contender before that crash he had in December. So that might hold him back a wee bit the first first month the time he's missed about a month of testing so I don't think that's going to help him but speed and talent I think he's he's going to put the, the cat amongst the pigeons whenever he's feeling good and he gets a start he's not shy to put a move on people either and I'm not sure people will want him coming in and winning straight away so there, there could be fireworks with, with Ferrandez this year Oh yes the, like uh, um the the I've already got the headlines uh, half written of uh, sure. blank gets into it with uh, with Ferrandis and uh, um, yeah he's he's an aggressive guy he was aggressive when he first came over on the number one oh eight and uh, and sticking his nose in in Supercross he'll be the same way in on a four fifty especially if he gets a good start uh, he'll want to maximize yeah. that but. Uh, uh, and, and that's why this is going to be an amazing series. I'm look. We talked about basically six guys, maybe maybe seven or eight total, with talking about a couple like a couple of the the younger riders with Adam and uh, and Sexton on the respective OEMs. But I'm looking at a list right now of minimum of 20 guys who uh, who show serious talent, 
have wins or podiums uh, at different times in their careers. Um, and and uh, all of those guys are going to be pretty disappointed uh, if they don't if they're not doing well in the first rounds. And uh, and they've all got an idea of. Who do you think's the main rider for Suzuki indoors? Is it Anstey or Hardraft? Um, at Suzuki. At Suzuki, I think it's got to be. Uh, for right now, I, I think it's got to be uh, Anstey. I really think it's got to be Anstey. I, 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 indoors. I, I think he's just he's got more top end skill on a bike, and I think that like uh, um, I think for the very fact that we're talking about it. And it's something that he's cognitive of that uh, he's put in the work to uh, to be uh, uh, to be the number one guy at Suzuki. Yeah, I think overall the full package, honestly. But Supercross, he hasn't done nothing about a decade. So, True. But seeing him, he, he looks he looks good. Hartgrass obviously got the Supercross experience, but I think that that could be quite an interesting one if Anstey can establish himself even indoors as the main guy for Suzuki. Obviously, outdoors. That's where they expect him to shine, and he did pretty good. At, but he felt he was 70 or 80 percent last year with the Achilles injury on a essentially a privateer bike. But hopefully he's healthy now and can be mistake free early on. But I think even qualifying for mains will be a good achievement to start with for Max. But you never know if he gets away, gets in his rhythm. He his talents, his talents there to be to be impressive. I think. Yeah, I think Max has the ability and the um, and the confidence to take himself into like a, a fifth place spot. I can see his high water mark being a fourth or a fifth on a really good night. Um, I could also see him get shuffled back a little bit. I think he's like he probably has the, maybe the the biggest uh, range of outcomes that you can see from him. Yeah, I, I, I got soccer. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> if he got fifth. I'm I I'm I'm not blown away. I'm like that's 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 Max Danstey. He's 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 extremely talented and uh, and a world class motocross rider. Uh, if he gets twelfth, I'm like that's a really deep class and and he got beat by some really good guys. So um and, and a, a span of uh, of seven positions is, is not something he probably wants to hear, but it's probably the reality. Yeah, I think as I said, I think even just getting into the main event for the first time will be a bit of a a bit, bit of a relief for him yep. after everything he's because he went to ride Supercross last year he left GPs yep. and he's had to wait the whole year plus the injury so mentally it could be a, a, a nice moment for him once he once he gets in and then that'll hopefully take the pressure off him and he can start start progressing but yeah. Brandon Hardraft could be a bit of a sleeper as well for top 10s top 15s I think he could be well. I, like, he always surprised people on the on the 250 like you're you're, yeah. you're looking at the whether you're looking at the your fantasy lineup or whatever, and all of a, or like who you think's gonna end up where, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, Heart Ramp's fifth. Where the hell did yeah. that come? Yeah, from? he has he has these rides, especially outdoors. He's he's the odd good moto, and you're like, oh, then he'll maybe disappear a wee bit. But four four fifties could suit him. It's hard to know. Yeah, well, I, I think that, uh, and this isn't a slight on any of those guys, but they have to be. Uh, Max is probably the lightest, but they're probably the heaviest team in the pits. <laughs> yes, that's a good, that's a good analysis there. I, 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 I think I never thought about it like that. Like, like Max is probably what's Max like 170 pounds. Yeah, probably. And that's like he's regular weight, but he's yeah, yeah he's not small and 
light like like some of the guys. No, like he's not a beanpole by any means. He's probably the lightest on the team. Uh, heart ramps or heart throb is uh, he, he's like he, like I wouldn't want to meet the guy in, the, in a dark alley. He's uh, he looks like Ivan Drago. He's got the jawline for it at the very least. Uh, yeah. And so he he's probably tipping in around 100, 175, 180 pounds. And uh, not to throw him under the bus, but I think that Adam Enticknap is is flirting with two hundred pounds. So, like, like he he might be lighter than that, but like uh, I like I, I do notice that uh, that Adam's jerseys are usually a little bit looser than his comp. Yeah, his fitness his fitness wasn't really shining outdoors either. No, no. <laughs> um, but he's he's got skills on his on a on a supercross track, and I think yeah, he's that good uh, rider. Uh, he he will have good good showings as far as what what Adam Knapp is able to to uh, to perform over the season. He's obviously a huge fan favorite. Um, but um, yeah, this is going to be a fantastic season. I'm really glad that you were able to make some time for us. And and and, and I, I we mentioned off the air you were asking how long the the preseason pre, uh, pod is, usually is. This particular pot, this particular uh, w- once I uh, whittle it down to the uh, the nuts and bolts of our interview, uh, this is going to be forty minutes in the middle of an hour long podcast. So yes, there's probably be good uh, in access of two hours for the season preview. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully get people excited for it. Absolutely, so, well, certainly, certainly, especially with the current times, it's good for people to have something to look forward to. And Supercross, especially with the three within a week, it should be. Very, very exciting for everyone around the world that's following it. Definitely, and I, I can I can guarantee that you'll probably be pretty tired uh, going into work uh, on a Wednesday morning. Uh, but uh, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate the time and uh, and the analysis and the back and forth. Uh, we're definitely gonna have to do this again sometime, my friend. Yeah, hopefully it's a good time. Yeah, so it is. Um, it's good to talk across continents about the, about the same sport. Yes, sir. Oh, Jonathan. Yeah, fun. Thank you. Jonathan McCready on the Big MX Radio Podcast. If you haven't checked out Gate Drop MX, go ahead and do so. Uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll definitely uh, be chatting with you again, my friend. Uh, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Just wanted to add one final note that if anybody is interested in following along with Jonathan and Gate Drop MX, that's GateDrop MX on Instagram, but if you want to find the website, it's GateDrop.com. Go check them out. It'd be fantastic. Uh, more media in the sport, more people following things along, and uh, more people covering it, growing the pie, and I love to see it. Thanks again for Jonathan to coming on the show, and uh, that was awesome. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, it's uh, the Supercross. Is, uh, we're on Wednesday here already. Uh, really looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome season. Have a good one, everybody.